Hello, 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 everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to the ITCAST, and I am your host, Nika Shirell. Uh, the ITCAST is our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through our work, we are, uh, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. I want to take a second to tell you about our Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit coming up this October. The Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit creates a safe space where all people come together. We will embrace humanity, diversity, and the liberation of sexual health globally. Come experience freedom, empowerment, and the ownership of sacred sexuality. Get tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, just search Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit uh, or direct message me and I can send you a link. Um, also, visit us on Patreon to support the ITCAST and learn more about our work at theitcast.com. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and, um, and share with your community. So everyone, uh, this is the last week of National Wellness Month, and I just want to honor and acknowledge that. Today's episode uh, is real talk on what the pandemic can teach us about safe sex. Uh, this is a call-in show, so if you wanna comment or ask questions, please call in. Uh, the number is posted, but I will read that for you. It's 1-669900-6833. And the meeting ID is 3089-10792, pound. Um, so let's dive into the conversation. Uh, real talk on what the pandemic can teach us about safe sex. And uh, before we dive in, I wanna say that the pandemic is not something to take lightly. So uh, I mean no disrespect with this episode. We're gonna keep it powerful and on point. Joining us in the studio today is Betty Marcon. Hi, Betty. Hey, Rika, <laughs> how you doing? I'm incredible. It's good to have you back on. Thanks. Yes. So, um, so... Let's go ahead and talk about what the pandemic can teach us about safe sex practices. Um, the first thing that I wanna point out is that um, the pandemic has given us an opportunity to practice a lot of what we already know about safe sex. So like being able to have talks and conversations about it. Um, and I feel like with regards to COVID and Betty, you can, jump in if you if you agree or if you disagree with regards to COVID I feel like we talk so much about like have you been tested lately what's your COVID status have you been around people with COVID like how do you interact with people are you being safe and I feel like these are all questions that also correlate to STDs and STIs oh yeah absolutely as you were saying and I was thinking to myself these are you know we um we tend to shy away from conversations like this when they uh, are about sex, but we're having this conversation about uh, another virus, right? Yeah. That, you know, it's just, it, it actually is no difference, different in terms of um, our concern and it's, it's uh, fat, fatal, you know, it's, it's ability to kill us as, as AIDS. Absolutely. Same thing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and HIV, yeah. Um, and I think that it's so important now, like that we're talking about it, and you know, I mean, I feel like it's depending on how much you're out and how safe you actually are with the pandemic, you might be having these conversations on a daily basis. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And you made a really good point in correlating it to HIV AIDS. Um, would you like to say a little more about that? Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, came up for me as we were discussing this particular um, subject is how the AIDS, our, our handling of the AIDS epidemic, the H, you know, and HIV and how we, what we know about it how that informed the way that we handle the conversations um, around sex for, for the pandemic and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we can learn about, what we learned about the conversations about safe sex as it relates to, to um, AIDS and HIV and how we have those conversations about uh, the pandemic as well, you know, COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they inform each other. Um, yeah. You know, we've yeah. gotten information from one epidemic to inform how we behave during this pandemic and, and vice versa. Um, yeah. One of the things that, um, <laughs> um, you know, the whole HIV AIDS conversation, mm -hmm. like I wasn't there. I, I It was a little before my time. And so like this for me, this for me is like this new experience. And I find it to be, I find it to be critical, you know, like the things that they have said for us are, are critical, not only to the pandemic, our health and sexuality, our basic health. Um, so other than the conversations around sexuality, um, I wanna look at some other like safe sex practices. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, one of the things you pointed out was this this conversation about testing, and that it's been so prevalent, and many many people are tested for COVID regularly, or tested, you know, before maybe before they were vaccinated, they they spent a lot of time, you know, getting tested regularly to see if they had, you know, been exposed to the to the virus, and you know, getting tested for HIV. Um, is, is frightening, is really frightening. Right. You know, um, when you're handed that, it, it used to be, you were being handed a death sentence. Um, and now um, it's less so. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, we, we have a lot of drugs and there are a lot of people living full and happy lives uh, who are HIV positive or actually have tested almost negative as a result of, of various drugs and cocktails that they take, you know? Um, so we, we've learned so much about AIDS. And, and one of the things, Nika, that, that you may not be, you know, you having, being as, as young as you are uh, and being born after, uh, you know, the, the understanding of, of of AIDS and HIV, you know, early on, there was really no understanding of how it was transmitted. And it created a tremendous amount of fear. Mm -hmm. And it created a tremendous amount of um, homophobia and isolation for a whole group of people, you know, and it became, um, as we were talking before, became the gay virus, right? Just like right. the China virus. Right. <laughs> so one way of isolating a group of people away from others. Right. Um, and, you know, the politics of it 
just so res, you know, I, I was so uh, reminded of that, of that aspect of, you know, how a pandemic, how an epidemic or pandemic unfolds, you know, as first it's pointing fingers, it's isolating people, it's keeping them separate, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I know you, we should probably, I, we want to switch this conversation maybe a little bit away from that history piece, but also talking about safe sex. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up two really, really good points, which are the prejudice and the fear. And when we start getting into the blame conversation, like there, there's a heart of prejudice there. Um, speaking on the fear, it's like that. I love that we're having this conversation because the fear is what keeps people from getting tested. And the fear of COVID is what had people get tested. <laughs> so yeah. it's this weird, like, it's this weird dichotomy where we're not operating in the same vein as um, in one arena as we are in another arena. And, mm -hmm. you know, like they're, they're both, uh, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to do. Um, so I think that that's important to look at like the fear and why we have the fear. And I think that the point you made around, you know, the, the it being, a, having been a death sentence and people not wanting to know, like it's almost, like ignorance is bliss. Um, so yeah, and uh, also uh, one of the things that I'm seeing too is is that um, if you were HIV positive and you knew it and you didn't take precautions when you were having sex, you could be prosecuted for murder. Yeah. So now we have people walking around without masks, right? <laughs> and they don't care about the community and they don't care about what they might be passing around. That is such a fair point. <laughs> um, I, I heard a comedian say that hanging out with friends without a mask is like, it's the new having sex without a condom. And I was like, oh, that's Ooh. real. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Uh, it's so, so true. But I think really, you know, the with sexually transmitted diseases, there's this thing about sex. Sex is that piece, right? Sexually transmitted diseases. These are not like you know, anything else. And so, um, you know, they tend to be iffy kind of conversations. They deal with intimacy, right? Yeah. You know? um, and the conversation around COVID and are you tested, you know, do you have, have you had the, you know, the vaccine, all those things uh, tend to be maybe a little less charged because it's not sexually related. That is such a good point. That's, that's right on, on the, on the spot right there. Cause it, it's vulnerable. And it affects us in this deep and intimate way when we are talking about anything sexual. So I love that. Thank you. That's a great point. Um, and you brought up the mask point too, which I didn't even think about. I'm like, oh yeah, like having people wear masks is like having people wear condoms. 
and like if they're going to be in your space or wearing a mask yourself. Um, but being able to request that with a partner, I think, is something that's really important. Um, not just the mask, but like, 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 will you wear a condom? And having a partner who will not wear a condom if you want to doesn't mean like you don't have to have sex with them at that point. Like you don't have to engage or be intimate. And I'm like, yep, okay. <laughs> I think it was Tiffany Haddish, I think, but don't quote me on that, <laughs> the comedian. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what kind of incur, you know, what you, when you, when you thought about this topic, um, what, what were some of the things that you were thinking about? Yeah. In, so, in terms of this topic. Absolutely. So um, in addition to the talk, like the safe sex talk, I was looking at cleanliness. Um, we wash our hands. We washed our hands so much during the first part of the pandemic. It was, you know, like, like hands were going raw. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, um, people tend to think that their genitals are dirtier than their hands. And so they'll like wash their hands after they've touched themselves or been with a partner or something like that. And the genitals are very sensitive area. Something that people don't know is you should wash your hands before and after. Just like out in the pandemic, it's like you wash your hands before you touch something and after. <laughs> and it was such a, a common thing. So even knowing how to wash our hands, how to have basic cleanliness and knowing like, what it like it being safe to touch someone like it can cause irritation it can cause infection um so that was one of the things where i'm like oh like that's a good crossover um i don't know if uh if you're hearing anything in that or if you think if you agree <laughs> well I, one of the things that i think is interesting too is that um so you're speaking about about cleanliness and health um What's interesting is that when it came to the pandemic, we all thought that, you know, touching and hands were a big part of it. And we've now discovered that breathing mm -hmm. is, an, is a major piece of it, right? That, you know, you can contaminate things, but it doesn't live that way. And it doesn't get transmitted that easily that way. It's transmitted through breathing. Right. Right. Um, and that's something that's really great. Not not great. So sorry. That's something that's true about the pandemic. And it's not true when it comes to our sexual health. STDs and STIs get transmitted in a number of ways, yeah. particularly through touch. So like uh, thinking about herpes or genital warts, um, you know, yeast infections, bacterial infections, chlamydia, like all these things are touch based. Um, contact base. So knowing like how to avoid that, how to not spread or transmit infections or diseases and if infections, especially. Um, a lot of men don't know that they can carry a yeast infection and give it to someone else. Yeah. So I think that, you know, those are some of the ways in which it correlates. Um, and I love the fact that you brought up breathing on people. <laughs> It, it ties into um, it ties into the conversation around consent. So, like before we get into that, um, is there anything you wanted to say more around like the touching or the contact? No, no, nothing in particular. But yeah, but I what I'm I'm also hearing in what you're saying um, is that we we learn as we go about different types of 
um, what's the word? Different types of, of health, um, ch health, cha health challenges, health issues that, that can be given to us or transmitted to us through different ways in the process of having sex. So yeah. there's touch, there's breathing, there's blood, there's lots of different ways that infections or viruses are transmitted um, during sex. And it's important to understand what all of those are. Yeah, yeah, and, and how, they, how they get transmitted. Um, so the breathing part, like it totally brings up the conversation around consent for me. And mm -hmm. the reason why I say that uh, a colleague pointed out, we have a new kind of consent these days. Like, it's literally like, can I be in your airspace? Can I hug you? Is it okay <laughs> if I stay in this close? <laughs> and exactly. Like, I've always said consent starts at hello. You know, like long before you get to the bedroom, long before you get to an intimate conversation, it's like, it starts at hello. And now we really are in the space of like, do I want, do I want you that close? Right. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. Like, can I give you a hug? No one asked that. Well, some people asked that before. <laughs> right. In certain situations, but you know, there are friends, you know, you'd have friends, just friends that you'd always hug when you met them. And yeah. now you have to go, oh, is it okay? Can I give you a hug? You know? Yes. And I think that that's a practice that we should use you know, in, in any situation, like whether we were in a pandemic or not, like really checking in with someone, checking mm -hmm. in around, you know, any potential boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. You know, just uh, when I think about the subject of what the pandemic has taught us about safe sex. Yeah, it's taught us boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things that we were talking about is, is uh, you know, how pen, how many people have found their, the love of their life during the pandemic and what that looks like. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I think that is one of the most wonderful things. Um, and you know, it was a really great point uh, where you brought up like intimacy. So like we, during the pandemic, some people have like found the love of their life and they're like, this is my pod. I'm gonna be me and this person and like maybe three of our friends, but it's created a closeness um, because I think of the limited amount of social interaction that we have. And then it's also created access. So like people meeting each other from all over the world and getting to know each other and develop these levels of intimacy are just incredibly beautiful. Um, and, you know, like what intimacy provides into like into our deeper relationships. Um, you had a really good point earlier around um, physicality versus non. Would you like to share that? Yeah, uh, kind of, I think that often what, um, what doesn't develop before the physical intimacy is, is the emotional intimacy. And that really what, what the pandemic has offered us in terms of relationships is an opportunity to have some really deep level of emotional intimacy with someone 
um, before we, we go ahead and have the physical intimacy with them. Um, and, and that's really powerful. I think it, it, I think it really cements, cements a lot of really great relationships. Um, and I think that that's part of why, you know, people say I found the love of my life during the pandemic. It's because they were actually able to connect on a very intimate level, um, emotionally before they're able to connect on a, a physically intimate level. Yeah. That's you know, what I'm hearing is moving into the emotional intimacy too fast. Like when you have physical intimacy, the emotions can come up and moving into that space too quickly can often, it can scare us away from the relationship. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, too close, too close. <laughs> um, and at the same time, like, I, I've been uh, I've been talking to someone on the East Coast, East Coast who I'm incredibly close to, and that wouldn't have happened without, you know, without being on Zoom every day because of the pandemic and like getting to see and meet and know people um, in this very, it, it is, it actually does feel pretty intimate, you know, like being so close to someone's face and being with their expressions and like getting to know them, um, and it's intimate in a different way. Mm. Yeah, like I even think about the mental stimulation of it all. Um, hmm. Yeah, like like intellectual intimacy. Like when you're like on a good flirting train with someone and it's like, I, I like the way you talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I definitely see people are having more committed relationships. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, when you think about safe sex during uh, during COVID, um, do you think that people were less 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 likely to um, less likely to meet up and be intimate with someone, you know, just because of the pandemic? I mean, how did that affect things? Yeah, that's a really great question. Like casual sex and hookup culture. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've seen is that it didn't necessarily stop. <laughs> like it's still existing in a lot of ways. And if there are people who are choosing to do that, which I think, you know, like no shame. Um, and I've seen a lot of people, like even myself, like I, I, I'm single, I was dating, getting to know a lot of people. And this guy called me like right in the first like three months of the pandemic. And I was like, I don't wanna get together and see you right now. Like I can't. Um, so I think, I definitely think it's had an impact. I can't exactly quantify that impact, but I do know that people, um, that people are still hooking up. Mm. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's at as high a rate um, by any means. I, I would imagine young people are who think they're more invincible would be more likely to to continue in the hookup culture um, yes. than they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I mean, and people who you know aren't on the side that this is a threat. There's a lot of people who like never stop just living their lives as they normally would. Um, 
but I do think, you know, like the one of my questions, and I'm just going to pose this, um, should we be hooking up, like, should we be hooking up casually, like on the first date kind of thing? Mm. Um, I remember when I was young, the conversation was like, oh, do I kiss them on the first date? Do I kiss them? Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How old were you? 12? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh, but like it, it totally, it's totally shifted the decorum around courting and dating and sexuality. Um, and, you know, to anyone listening out there, please comment, uh, direct message, be in the chats about it, what you actually think about like, like the whole conversation around hookup culture. Um, and how it's affected by this pandemic. Yes. Right? Exactly. You know, well, how are you thinking? How are you thinking about transmitting diseases, whether they be sexual or otherwise? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, honestly, in the moment of passion and lust, you know, when you knew that there was a possibility that AIDS could kill you and that if you were HIV positive, you were really gonna, you know, it was a death sentence. That level of, you know, into, of, of lust and, and uh, carefree, you know, that had to go second to your own personal health and well being. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a, as a young person growing up and sexually active in the eighties, um, it was a real concern, even, you know, as a straight woman, no understanding of like, no, no, um, not no understanding, but an understanding that it could be transmitted any, any way, you know, any way through sex, um, had me wondering about all my partners and who my partners had been with, you know, yeah. No, that's um, that's deeply important. As you pointed out earlier, like it's not the gay disease and it's not just a, a disease that affects men. Um, one of the things that uh, that's come up in the past is like a lot of the things that are marketed around AIDS and HIV prevention and suppression are marketed to gay men. And there are a lot of women, particularly black women, who are at high risk, who don't get this information. It's not in, in the communities or marketed to women in general. Mm. Um, and I think that that's something, something incredibly important. And another point that you mentioned is like talking to people and being concerned about who they've been with or, you know, like what, you know, like what experiences are they being safe? Um, you know, like that, that's also a conversation, you know, like, and it's funny because one of the things we don't like that I've heard people don't want to do or don't want to divulge is how many partners they've been with. And I think that, you know, I think that that might not be something to ask someone, but like, who are they actively with and have they been tested? Those are the things that you want to know, which I feel like come deeply from this, like not come deeply, but um, they, are something that we're utilizing with the pandemic. Have you been vaccinated? Have you been tested? Um, yeah, so just looking at the correlations. 
Um, also, there's something also different about, you know, COVID in the sense that um, COVID is the, it's so highly contagious that it has this immediate effect. Mm -hmm. Whereas with HIV and AIDS, there was a sense of, okay, I had sex with this guy six months ago and now it's showing up. But, you know, how many men did I sleep with between that guy and now? And now I have to think about all those people that I affected, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. many sexually transmitted diseases do not show up like right away. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes it easy to spread. Like we can be carriers if we're asymptomatic, if it doesn't show up, we can still carry and transmit these diseases, these infections. Um, this is where I think the, the, the pandemic has informed us and changed our behavior with relation to sexually transmitted diseases. Yes. Right, because now we, we have a disease you, you are exposed to it, you see the results and, and it's immediate. So now when we talk about herpes or HIV or chlamydia or any of those sexually transmitted diseases, there is a sense of, there is a sense of understanding, maybe a better understanding of, of the transmittal and, yeah. and how to protect yourself. Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely hope so. And when I look at you know, like when I look at the amount of time, how easy it is to get and transmit COVID during the entire pandemic, I was concerned about how this was going to impact someone else. You know, like I might get COVID and like, I don't want to transmit that to someone that I care about, you know, like who might have a weaker immune system. Right. And I think that that's another way to look at the, the sexual health conversation is like, caring about who you sleep with and yeah. caring about them as people such that you would be cautious and you would take, you know, measures um, versus just like, I hope I get away with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really felt like in, in the eighties, it really felt like kind of a little bit like Russian roulette. Yeah. You know, you're taking your chances. Yeah. Yep. Roll the dice. Um, so yeah. go ahead. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> um, so, okay. So there are a few things that uh, I was looking at that I also think have come out of the, the pandemic. And one of them is like abstinence. Um, I don't believe in abstinence only education. However, like celibacy, I should say. Celibacy might be the better term than abstinence, but like people choosing not to interact, not to engage. Um, masturbation skyrocketed, skyrocketed during the pandemic. <laughs> How about those sales of the, uh, of the Nika, Nikita? Yes, Nikita sales have been up. <laughs> Nikita sales up. Um, and, and just for all the people listening, uh, do check out the Nikita at triggerhappytoy.com. Um, go there and see about the products that we offer. Um, yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah. um, They'll help you through this, this dry spell that you're going through. 
Oh, I'm a firm believer in masturbation. I mean, it, yeah, it's a good thing. (laughs) It's a really good thing. Yeah. Oh, um, so, uh, um, in terms of creating intimacy, and I guess maybe this, you can actually debate me on this one, Betty, but I have phone sex on the list and I'm like, is that creating intimacy? Is that, (laughs) and I think it's a fun thing to engage in for like not having like actual physical sex. Yeah. Like have virtual or like whatever, FaceTime, whatever the kids are doing these days. Um, (laughs) Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. And, you know, um, I'll just put it out there. You know, when, when I was younger and not married, I would have phone sex and it was almost as if I was in the room with that person. Right. Right. So what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong. I love it. Absolutely. And I, I do believe that it creates a certain level of intimacy, you know, like you're still being vulnerable. You're still being with that person. And I won't lie. I've done it too. I'm like, whatever happened to the good old days of phone sex? Oh, we have computers now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And um, the funny thing about phone sex is now like you got to take this anywhere you want. Like in my day, it was, connected to a wall and you, you, you couldn't get too much farther away than, you know, the cord, right? <laughs> Which might limit your privacy option <laughs> a lot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and that's really funny. I just realized you can have quiet sex, but you can't have quiet phone sex. Well, <laughs> I, I, it, that went like there. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, it's just a joke, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so uh, what you were saying about, um, abstinence, uh, during the pandemic and phone sex, you were questioning as to whether it really was sex or it's really good enough or it's, or, it's satisfying or no, like whether, it, whether or not it creates the intimacy, like the, like what we were talking about earlier, having that um, emotional intimacy and personal intimacy before you get to the physical intimacy. I'm curious, is, is phone sex, like what line, what, what side of the line would it fall on in terms of intimacy? Maybe that's a weird- No, it's interesting. I think of it as very, um not necessarily intimate like like one could have phone sex with somebody who is a um one-time caller yeah you know yeah oh, you got the wrong number <laughs> you know <laughs> i thought i was reaching so-and-so oh well she's not here but i am you know <laughs> that that is an excellent point and I think about all the like late night call lines that you have and things like that so phone sex I would say is more sexual than than intimate yes that was the question I was like what's the word yes more <laughs> sexual sexual is the word it's much more sexual um than than intimate although if it's somebody that you've had intimate conversations with it can be quite intimate right yes right 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can have sex without being intimate with somebody. Yes. Um, And I just realized I'm like, phone sex is a pretty dang safe way to have sex. (laughs) Um, And that also, it reminds me, I think, I think you might've brought this up, but like, what is sex? Like, you know, without like different ways to have sex without the physical touch like physical interaction so phone sex is like one of them and I feel like there's a lot of other ones that we could kind of go over um well you know what I think is interesting is I I think that people who may not have considered phone sex in the past I think the pandemic made that something that they were willing to engage in Mm -hmm. for sure yeah. Yeah. I think about um, the first one that popped into my mind was mutual masturbation, which is another like it's another form of sexual intimacy that um, that can actually bring closeness without physical touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like there's actually a whole lot of these. I'm like. Um, I think, you know, here's another thing is that how often in the course of sex in person, are you really speaking about every experience that you're having? Whereas I would imagine that if you are having a conversation, having sex on the phone, it's, it, 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 it requires you to be more verbal does that make sense to be more expressive maybe Compa- sorry compared to mutual masturbation no or- compared to in person sex oh yeah oh 100% <laughs> yeah um i would definitely say um I would definitely say that like the things that are said the things that are shared i mean i would even say it could be it could be more vulnerable like because you actually have to say stuff and be open with the person whereas sex could just be sex (laughs) like you pointed out earlier yeah um yeah i mean (laughs) it doesn't have yeah just if it's if it's all physical it doesn't have to have any any verbal verbal communication and not necessarily much emotional communication right um but yeah okay so and that that of course all depends on how you prefer to design your sex life um so one of the things that I, I really got out of this is that people are being more intentional about who they share their time and their bodies with yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's an important takeaway from the pandemic as well. Like it's, it's taught us so much about how to interact, how to engage, how to have consent conversations. And we are more selective around who we spend our time with. Like not that people aren't great, but it's about safety. Yeah. uh, Can you talk a little bit, you know, because we've had this conversation before about about consent 
mm-hmm. and that you know how how the pandemic has really um, affected that conversation significantly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like in addition to what I was pointing out earlier around like just personal space and distance, um, I would say that the pandemic, the pandemic has definitely, has definitely altered um, what we share, how close we share, um, you know, what we are doing with our bodies. Um, And I mean, in the realm of consent, asking permission is always critically important. Like asking permission and being able to set those boundaries. As you pointed out, the pandemic gave us boundaries and boundaries is one of the first, one of the first things that as you're developing a sense of consent, you'll begin to learn like, what are my boundaries? How much am I willing to, um, to engage in this? Uh, am I willing to engage in this? And we begin to actually ask ourselves what works for us, which is something I don't think, like consent is a fairly new concept really. And getting into that, um, I think that people, as people explore and learn and develop their boundaries and see their boundaries more often, the more that we're actually going to have consent be a relevant and, and consistent conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and consent is more than sexual. It's way beyond sexual. Um, I think about consent in terms of um, physical discipline and like, um, you know, like physical violence. Like, I know we don't think about that, but if we were living in a consensual world, then there, then the idea that I would just hit someone is, is a little bit like far-fetched. Cause like, why would I invade their personal space? Even if they make me angry, why would I invade their personal space or do something that I know that they wouldn't like? Um, and maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, you know, for, for where we are with it. But I do think that that's possible. Like Mm -hmm. in your words, they always say, use your words. (laughs) And I'm like, do we use our words in a way? (laughs) As if words uh, protect, it can, you know, be, um, not be weapons. Right, exactly. They still can be weaponized. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. And, and so, I hope that answers your question. Um, did you have any thoughts around that? No, nothing in particular. Uh, I just, I was interested in how it, how we had talked about it making, being much more aware of what, you know, consent is like, can I stay close? Can I stand close to you? Shall I wear a mask? Do you mm. need me to wear a mask? Is that important to you, right? Asking those questions and being concerned with the way you appear and relate to others. Yeah. Very yeah. important. Yeah. 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 I love that you pointed that out. Um, like we were saying, like having someone wear a condom, actually asking if like you want me to wear a condom, you know, like that's something, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever gotten that question. 
<laughs> um, and, you know, like having the boundary be like, nope, like these are, these are my boundaries. These are my rules. And having that be something that you're present to. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we covered some really, really great stuff today. Do you have yeah. any other tidbits you want to throw in? No, not at all. I think this is a really interesting conversation. Um, I always love having conversations with Unika. They're always so, so, so fascinating. We cover so many different, different pieces of ground to cover. Um, it's always great. It's always great to be um, here with you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's amazing to have you on. I'm so happy that you were able to join us today and just explore and be in the exploration of what this is making available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, all right. So everyone out there, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is the ITCAST. It's our community outreach podcast where we're aiming to increase diversity in conversations on, on health and sexuality. Through this work, we're creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. Um, do check out our Global Sexual Health and Freedom Summit coming up this October. Um, we're creating a safe space where all people come together and embrace humanity, diversity, and the liberation of sexual health globally. Come experience freedom, empowerment, and the ownership of our sacred sexuality. You can get tickets on Eventbrite. You can message me at Nika Sherelle on Instagram uh, or reach out in the comment section below. Um, also, visit us on Patreon to support the ITCAST, learn more about our work at theitcast.com, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and share with your community. Thank you so much. I know the button is somewhere. Please click it. <laughs> and we will see you here next week. <laughs>